0: Well, hello everyone, Dave Sadler here, one of the pastors at North Shore Alliance Church. Thank you for joining us in person and for those who are watching online, it's wonderful to be together. Today is the second and final edition of our two-part mini-series on missions, a mission fortnight, if you will. Last week I mentioned a quote that I came across in a book that I've been reading called Faith for Exiles by David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock. Says, God shares his grand mission with us and wants us to live out his mission with others too, because he loves to love with us. God loves to love others with us and through us. And the call of God goes out to all of us to join in his grand mission. God's heart is for the people here at North Shore Alliance Church to uniquely live out the mission to touch the lives of people in our city and spilling out from here to around the world. In the time of the prophet Isaiah, the people of Israel had gotten away from their God-ordained destiny to become the center from which God would bless the entire world. And God blessing others through his people is always the mission of God's church. It's 8th century BC, and the accumulated wealth and power of the people of Israel has clouded their vision of God and their dependence upon him. The people have lost their way, and there will be consequences. Isaiah, like any good prophet, calls them out, and he calls them back. His message? Return to God. Repent from your ways and be renewed and restored by God. Active more than 60 years, during the reigns of five of Israel's kings, Isaiah is a major prophet who receives a challenging and difficult call from God. With many incredibly detailed and accurate prophecies that point directly to the life and death of Jesus, Isaiah is quoted at least 50 times in the New Testament. Before God calls him to be a prophet, though, history suggests that Isaiah has a comfortable, respectable, and successful career, likely as a scribe in the royal palace of Jerusalem. Then, Isaiah has this encounter with the Lord that permanently impacts his character, his career, and the complete trajectory of his life. Today we come to Isaiah chapter 6, 1 to 8. The call of Isaiah. I invite you to turn there in your Bibles. It's also on the big screen behind me. I'm going to ask you to read out loud with me the italicized verses in yellow. We're going to read them together. I'll read the white. and We'll all read together the two italicized verses in yellow. I read Isaiah chapter 6 beginning at verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory." At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, Isaiah cried, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Lord, we thank you for this incredible story written in the book of Isaiah nearly 3,000 years ago. And God, I, I pray that you would come now and speak to us from it. God, would you enlarge our vision of you today through this time together? And God, would you enlarge our view and vision of your mission in our world and our involvement in it? God, I ask that you would come now and move me out of the way and come and speak to us by your Spirit. We are hungry to hear from you. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive your message today. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Regal, extravagant, terrifying, mind-blowing, and beautiful. Heaven and earth merge, and the prophet Isaiah is a participant in a dramatic and grandiose vision of the Lord who is seen here in all his power and holiness dwelling right in the midst of his people. No one has ever seen God, the apostle John says, So that Isaiah saw the Lord and still lived is a miracle in and of itself. That the transcendent Lord touches earth proves the God of the Christian story is not only distant and other, but also personal and entirely accessible to you and to me. It's remarkable. Six-winged seraphim wait on their master, calling out in triplicate to indicate totality and perfection, Let's sing it together again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. This, too, will be the refrain of heaven. And we see how authentic worship disrupts things. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Makes me wonder about my own singing in church. Surely it can't be that bad. And some of you may have been shaken by the sheer volume of my voice. <laughs> Refusing to bask in the personal glory of being invited into the inner circle, instead, Isaiah rightfully fears for his life. I am ruined, he cries, humbled in the presence of the King, the Lord Almighty. It is the power and holiness of God which reveals to us our true condition. And when we are confronted by God's character, we are also presented the gift of seeing ourselves for who we really are, sinners in need of a Savior. I am a man of unclean lips, Isaiah confesses, and I live among a people of unclean lips. The prophet acknowledges his own sin, and in a cool twist, he also identifies fully with the sins of his people. But... Sin and judgment will not have the last word. From the altar with tongs, one of the seraphim takes a live coal, apparently too hot to handle, and touches it to Isaiah's unclean mouth. Here, hot fire signifies the cleansing work of God. In response to Isaiah's confession of sin, a seraph, God's messenger, pronounces this over him, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And here we see the sweet touch of God on human life. To renew and transform us, the God of the universe is willing even to come down and touch our deepest and most intimate places of need. God is willing to go to great lengths to cleanse, to fill, and equip for the task those who are willing to surrender to him. Having been cleansed, Isaiah is now close enough to hear the Lord calling, "'Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?' Isaiah finds that being renewed by God means joining God's mission." Isaiah has been brought in in order to be sent out. And our particular wing of the Christian church, the Alliance, was founded more than 150 years ago on those two basic principles of the Christian faith, deeper life with God and missions. God saves us to transform us and send us out on his mission in this world. And I love Isaiah's response Willing, here am I, send me. And God too longs for us to have willing hearts in responding to his call, to be transformed by him and sent out on mission with him. Now I'd like to invite Paul and Gina Lee to join me on the platform. I love how these guys have responded with willing hearts to the call of God to pick up their lives here in Canada and go to Nairobi, Kenya, TO USE THEIR UNIQUE GIFTS TO JOIN THE MISSION OF GOD IN THAT PART OF THE WORLD. I'M GOING TO TAKE A LITTLE TIME NOW TO HAVE A SHORT INTERVIEW WITH PAUL AND GINA BEFORE THEY HEAD OUT. I'M JUST GOING TO TRANSITION TO THIS DRUM CHAIR, WHICH I TOLD IS BROKEN, SO (laughs) WE'LL SEE HOW IT GOES. CAN IT HANDLE MY 175 POUNDS, WE'LL SEE. SO PAUL AND GINA, uh, IT'S GREAT TO HAVE YOU HERE TODAY. GINA, YOU GREW UP HERE ON THE NORTH SHORE. Uh, Paul, you've been serving our church for the last five and a half years. Isaiah was born here, and now you're packing it all up and moving to the other side of the world. So tell us, how did this big, exciting move come about? And tell us a little bit about your call to the mission of God.
1: So this answer probably takes around 20 minutes, (laughs) but Dave told me I have 30 seconds, so here we go. Uh, I grew up as a missionary kid uh, during my high school years, so I lived in Kenya for four years, and that's when my eyes were first opened to seeing God's global mission, and it was also where my heart grew for the music ministry, so those two things came together uh, during my time in Kenya. So after high school, I went to Bible college specifically to be equipped to do cross-cultural ministry uh, for my future. And uh, during my seminary years, I went on a short-term mission trip uh, to Kenya with my friends. And my parents invited us to lead a Bible workshop um, training local pastors. And so that was the first time I did something like that. And it was such a fantastic time uh, of connecting with pastors, building relationships, teaching the Bible. And it was uh, that trip that gave me a vision uh, of that kind of ministry that I wanted to be involved with in the future. So fast forward to two years ago, I got a call to partner with a missionary, and lo and behold, the opportunity was connecting with pastors, building relationships, and teaching the Bible. And so, um, yeah, when I heard this opportunity, the Lord had put uh, a yes in my heart, and I'm so thankful for Mark and Marty and Dave who discerned with me and affirmed uh, this call on God's God's uh, for me in my life.
2: Uh, So, the call came much later in life for me, just around two years ago, with the invitation to go to Kenya. Um, So, when I married Paul, I knew that missions could be a part of my life when I married him. Um, But when we settled here in Vancouver, uh, I was really happy to be back home, living close to my parents. And... I'm really enjoying the work that I was doing over at Sanctuary Mental Health. So it was a real struggle for me to uh, accept this call to go to Kenya. Um, So that began a process for me um, to really seek God's heart. And um, yeah, learning to surrender the things that I wanted for my life and to align myself to God's plans for us. Um, and in that process, God helped me see that my, uh, my identity in him was a greater, that I came first over my identity in my work and even my identity as a daughter.
0: Awesome. So, Paul and, G, and Nick, you take a little time to describe what your role will be on the field in Kenya?
1: Uh, so, Peter Chin is the missionary that invited us to partner with him in Kenya, and he founded the Africa Training and Mentoring Network and is also the principal of a Bible school called Bridgeworld College. And so the ATMN uh, provides informal training through mentorship, workshops, and seminars and bridge World college offers more formal training through um, formalized courses in the classroom so i'll be teaching courses in bible and theology at the college and also be a part of the training and mentoring network building relationships with pastors there
2: uh, so our son isaiah he's three years old uh, so most of my time will be spent with him, taking care of him, um, until he's off to school. Um, and I have some experience in managing um, operations for a nonprofit organization. So, um, yeah, using what I know from that, I'll be managing Monsieur Day Discipleship Ministries, which is a nonprofit society that Paul and I created in order for us to do the work in Kenya. Um, and as time allows, I'll be helping virtual College with um, improving their administration and other areas in their operations as well. So I'll just be keeping my eyes open to, um, yeah, for opportunities to serve as well.
0: Awesome. Uh, just by the way, I'm preaching on the book of Isaiah today, in part because Isaiah Lee is part of this story as well too. <laughs> So Paul, the next question is for you, a strategic question on the ground. How will your role and the work that you're doing there facilitate the growth and development of indigenous Kenyan church leaders? Very important strategic question.
1: So Bridgeworld College was um, started to mobilize the African church to take up the Great Commission. And that core value hasn't changed. And so our vision is to see disciple makers in East Africa become deeply rooted disciples who will carry the mission of Jesus to their local communities, to their country, to the continent. Um, And so our role is to come alongside local Kenyan church leaders and pastors to encourage them uh, to grow deeper in their discipleship
0: and to equip uh, for the ministry that God has called them to. Awesome. So there'll be some classroom parts of that, and then sending out and visits. I could see you on a motorcycle somewhere in rural Kenya visiting your students, maybe? Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Yeah, so there's, uh, we have a campus for Bridgeville College, but there's also satellite opportunities to go out and visit with the students. Awesome.
0: Great. I think we're going to go to Gina for the next question. This is a two-part question. Biggest fear, greatest excitement. Gina.
2: Okay, so I don't know if I would call it fear, but um, I have some anxiety. I'll say that anxiety around just navigating everyday life um, in a big city uh, with Isaiah, especially once Paul is in the full swing of work and ministry. Um, yeah, and not having like a good support system when we're trying to adjust to new life in Kenya. Um, we're just not really sure what to expect. Uh, so that's some anxiety that I have around going there. And uh, greatest excitement is yeah, just living in Africa and um, being immersed in a new culture. So. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so one of our biggest fears going into this new venture was the idea of raising support. It was new and foreign to both of us. And Bridge World College uses its funding primarily to support local staff and ministry initiatives in Kenya, which means that we needed to raise our own support. And so to leave two stable jobs with benefits behind and trusting God to provide financially was a huge jump for us. Um, but we found out that nothing is too difficult for the Lord. And He's been so good and so faithful Uh, And he's shown his kindness and goodness through you all, through this church, to us in providing what we need. And so we are going with confidence, um, knowing that God will take care of us and all that we need. Uh, So my biggest fear right now is surviving an 18-hour plane ride with (laughs) my three-year-old son. Um, (laughs) Joking aside, uh, I I resonate with Gina. Um, One of uh, my anxieties is what will my work, family, ministry balance be, be like? Um, as I get into the swing of things there. And uh, my biggest excitement is to just hear about all that God has been doing in Kenya um, to jump into a new season of ministry and also just to go back to Nairobi. It's been so many years since I've lived there, so excited to go back and explore.
0: Awesome. So one last question. I'll go over to Gina to start this. How can we support you guys?
2: Uh, So I would love prayers for me specifically, um, that I would be able to find a community of women that I could really feel like a sense of belonging and um, that I could grow deeper in my faith with. Um, Yeah, so if you could pray for me, that would be wonderful. And also, yeah, it would mean a lot to us um, for you, our church family, to stay connected with us. Um, through, like, messages, emails, like, comments on social media, like, it would really help us feel like we're not alone in this endeavor. Um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, staying connected and prayer, um, that is something that we would love for our church and all of you to participate in, is to pray with us and for us um, in our going. And as we're there, Uh, And one practical way that you can do that is to sign up for our newsletter. Um, You could go to our church website, to our missions page, and there is a link where you could sign up for our newsletter for our most up-to-date prayer requests.
0: Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, We're going to have a time of commissioning prayer for Paul and Gina at the end of the service. Let's give it up for them. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Well, now it's time to complete the landing of the plane with a few application points, although many of them have been preached through that interview. I do offer three for us today, and the first is this, that mission flows from our vision of God. The miracle of the Christian story is that the transcendent God is also the indwelling God. God is present, as one writer puts it, in all his majesty at the center of his people's life. Isaiah receives an extraordinary vision, and in his relationship with God and his vision of God is forever changed. Problem is, our vision of God is often obscured by things all around us that distract us from seeing him. So what is it that's catching your eyes these days? What life activities do you spend your most resources, your best energies on? It's easy to get consumed by our own pursuits, our efforts at solving problems under our own horsepower, or become wrapped up in our own impassioned attempts at accumulating possessions, experiences, followers, trophies to make a name for ourselves. Reality is, I have tunnel vision. I waste way too much energy stewing over how I might acquire more things, make my life more comfortable, make myself a better version of myself, more brilliant, more successful, more beautiful, a more high-performing athlete, or at least one that other people, preferably lots of other people, will see and take notice of. Truth is, how we see ourselves, how we view other people, How we spend our precious time and energies, how we navigate life in this world, all flows from our vision of God. How big is your God? The Christian story declares that we have a a big God who invites us into a mission which is way bigger than us. And I have to say, there is something incredibly freeing about putting all other earthly activities into their rightful places beneath Jesus and his mission in our lives. Everything depends on one's vision of God. It all flows from there. Nothing, no activity, no one is worthy of our best, more than Jesus and his mission. Application point number two is, I think, two slides over, Don. One more, thank you. God wants us to be willing to go. Ready to be sent out as God's messenger, Isaiah shows a remarkable willingness to serve God, whatever the cost. And as the story goes, he actually experiences few positive results, as is often the case with God's mission. Still over six decades, Isaiah remains faithful and committed to the work to which God calls him. The Great Commission reveals God's call to his church. The reason God has left his people here on earth and Matthew 28 records the scene. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age in his book revolution and world missions indian kp johannen writes jesus is no longer walking on earth but we are we are his body he is our head that means our lips are the lips of jesus our hands are his hands our eyes his eyes our hope his hope my family belongs to jesus my money my talent my education All belong to Jesus and the main activity of the church is to go everywhere in our world embodying proclaiming and sharing the love of God with everyone so where is God calling you to go doesn't always come God's call via a dramatic vision God's call in our lives takes many shapes and forms And I want to acknowledge today that some of you have already gone. By choice or by force, you've immigrated here to Canada. And you've brought the message of Jesus with you. And I wonder, could your coming to Canada be part of God's grand mission too? For God's mission isn't just from here to somewhere way over there. Friends new to Canada, we need you to share the Christian story and to live it out right here in post and anti-Christian Canada. What what God asks most for us is that we have a willing heart. The call of God rarely feels comfortable. Where is God sending you? Across the street or far away? Down the hall or around the world? To your sports team or classmates? or to a lost tribe, or to an unreached people group, to witness right in your own home, or to go to the ends of the earth. The question remains, are you willing to go where God calls? And I believe our profound yet simple response of, here am I, send me, rings sweetly in the heart of God. Third and final application point is this. God always equips those who answer his call. Transformed by God, Isaiah is equipped to reflect to the world the God he's called to represent. Like one commentator puts it, when we recognize how great our God is, how sinful we are, and the extent of God's forgiveness, we receive power to do his work. You may say, Sattler... Surely I need to be a better Christian before God could send me. I'm afraid I'm just not good enough. Or you may be thinking, don't I have to be a professionally trained, high-profile pastor or missionary to go out on missions? I fear I wouldn't know what to say or what to do. Simply not true. While there is spiritual growth and training involved, I believe these fears keep many Christ followers on the sidelines of God's mission. The Lord says to his people, Israel, to the prophet Isaiah, to us, to Paul and Gina, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I'll help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God promises to equip and fill those who answer his call. What God wants most Is that we be willing to go? He will do the rest. Paul and Gina hold on to this truth. Though in my almost 54 years on the planet, I haven't tried every adventure this world has to offer, in my opinion, there is nothing that remotely compares with the satisfaction that comes from joining God in His grand mission to love and to point people to Jesus. Nothing compares to this. Amen. I want to invite the team now to come forward to lead us in a worship response, and I invite you to stand with me to pray together. I believe during our worship time, if you'd like someone to pray with you or pray for you, perhaps you're feeling a call to mission, Daniel and Leah Luxenko will be just over in the St. George's exit. Do we have someone in the balcony? No, Daniel and Leah are down here. You can easily make your way down there. They'd love to pray with you during worship. Let's let's pray together. God, we pray today that you would expand our vision of you. And God, would you help us to be willing to go where you call us to go. In Jesus' name, amen.